hopefully the boards are asking the questions, how are we doing in this work? How are the students doing? How are we operationalizing this statewide vision? Uh, because it takes that partnership, certainly, to move that work forward. Uh, we have a statewide seven strategic plan, but how that gets administered at the local level is going to vary. This is In the Know with ACCT, the voice of community college leaders. I'm Jacob Bray. This episode of In the Know was recorded at our annual Congress this past year in San Francisco. Kim Hunter-Reed, Commissioner of Higher Education for the state of Louisiana, Joseph Garcia, Chancellor of the Colorado Community College System, and Sandy Caldwell, Executive Director of the Wyoming Community College Commission, discussed the intricacies and future of public higher education governance. This is part two of a two-part episode. If you missed part one, we posted it last week. How would you see governance changing, whether it's who we put on the boards, how we put them there, or what they do? How do you think that needs to change if we want to be successful at achieving really these new goals of completion and equity rather than simply enrollment? So I would say, to your point, I think we sharpen our focus on the questions of focusing on what matters. I will say for our community college system, you know, we have just launched in August our new master plan. We want to double the number of credentials in Louisiana by 2030, 11 short years. When we did an environmental scan of what's happening, what could be the barriers to success, we know that we won't get there if we don't erase our equity gaps. And we have almost half of our working population with a high school diploma or less as their highest credential. So what is the system that enrolls the most African-American students, the community college system? What is the, students, what is the system that's focused on adults and making sure that people who have challenges around time and money are innovating in meeting students where they are and taking them to where they want to go, the community college system. So this is the wheelhouse of that work. So we know that we won't get to our master plan goal. We won't see Louisiana prosper if we don't have a strong, engaged community college system involved. So when you think about the work and sort of what is your pathway to success as a state, then I think it's important for you to engage the leadership that can make it happen and to understand from that leadership, what are the barriers to success? What's the financing model? Are we part of the solution or are we part of the problem? Are we in the way? Do our policies make sense? So I think when we collectively ask hard questions with a shared goal, then it allows us to get there. So what does that mean for governance? I think it means that in this world of questioning about all institutions, not just higher education, questioning the value of what we do, whether we're tone deaf on affordability and accountability or not. I think it means that there's gonna be an expectation for all of us to do better, to be more responsive, and to understand how to move this work forward, and to demonstrate our value add. What is the ROI for a student who spent their time and money with us? So those are the kinds of things that I think will be real questions that we have to be able to answer, not when uh, reporters come or when there's a congressional hearing, but this will be foundational for the work that we do each and every day. It'll have to be. So first off, I would say public governance matters. I mean, it, it, it does uh, very much so. And in my state, and I think in many states, because uh, I've traveled few through, few through, uh, through a few, um, when we talk about the whole higher education system, we have to not think of it silo. But that doesn't mean that, that the governance structure needs to necessarily change. It means we need to be working toward the same uh, shared vision, vision at the right. end. 
and we see that very, um, very, very, uh, I think very clearly in our state right now around our educational attainment goals. When you talk about a low population state, we're at about 48% um, of our credentialed um, individuals and adults in our state. And our, our goal is in 2025 uh, for us to do this. So we have to really be thinking about, while we all play a very different role, we need to be pulling in the same direction. Right. And, um, and that's where I think at the state uh, governance for the community colleges, they can look at that across all the states. But as, as you so eloquently stated, it's at the local colleges where they can actually deliver that, right? And, uh, and I think that's important because that provides the flexibility and the adaptability that may be very different. And some of uh, your colleges, even in that college, can have vastly different populations um, that they serve in that same college. And, and I will use Central Wyoming College as an example. Um, and I know Dr. Tindall's here. Um, is they serve uh, Teton County in, in Jackson, in Jackson Hole, but they also serve the Wind River uh, Indian Reservation and communities like Ethity. And so it's not, we have to rely on them to do, um, to do that. So the governance structure, does it need to change? I'm not sure about that, and I actually would say probably not. Um, it is that we need to be thinking about how we're going to do all this together and not work in silos, but make sure that we're supporting that work at the multiple levels that it exists. One of the things that's happening, and I'm hearing, seeing this very broadly around, um, around the attainment work is recognition that the role that community colleges play more than ever before. And I think that's a very critical point. The community colleges, they're the intersection of all different entities, and that's why it is so powerful. I've had this question come up to me. Why is the attainment work housed in the community colleges rather than the Department of Ed or we only have one university in our state, and I'm actually by position serve on that board. Why is it not there? And, and I've really been quite passionate about explaining that um, it's because it is the intersection. It's where the K-12 happens. It's where transfer happens. Bachelor's level completion now at our community colleges is coming forward. Workforce training, but also workforce development happens in our community colleges. Reentry, formerly incarcerated, Foster, former foster uh, families that uh, come through a whole host of challenges in their lives and they can respond at the local level. And, and I think that's critically important to know that that's the, the intersection where so many things occur. And when you talk about our adult population, they have different challenges right. and, and, and we see that. And who better to serve them than at the local uh, level? And I think. So, so that question's a tough one, is should it change? I don't necessarily think that's the case, but I think we all have to recognize that um, we all play a different role and we have to support that because it's not about any one of us. That's right. It's about the students and the communities we serve. Absolutely, and yet we know how important it is, um, what, that is what community colleges do is critically important to our state because they reach the students who, frankly, the flagships, the elite private schools aren't going after. And yet we do it with generally less money per student. So we serve the students with the greatest need and we do it with the least amount of resources. And I would say it's like we sent our sickest patients to the worst hospitals with the fewest number of doctors. Of course, then I realized in America, we do that too. So 
how do we provide, <laughs> I mean, That's reality, right. um, do we need to provide more tools to the state boards, more authority to state boards, so they can drive statewide goals? Because as you mentioned, we do things at the community colleges that are very focused on our community, but at the same time, we can become very parochial. And we're not thinking about a bigger picture. We're thinking about a narrow group that we serve that may or may not kind of roll up into achieving these state goals. Should state boards have more authority? I know a lot of states in the last few years have been looking at either some have wanted to strengthen their boards, make them less coordinating boards and more governing boards. Others have decided they wanted to eliminate state boards altogether. So we're kind of seeing a constant flux in our states. In your view, should state boards have greater authority vis-a-vis -vis local boards or less? So I'll, I'll start with that one um, because they both pointed at me. So I'm going to start with that. We have local <laughs> <Right>. and state <laughs> boards. <laughs> um, I, I think what's more important is establishing very clear priorities and making sure that we are working across um, our entities. We are fortunate to have an association a state-level association um, uh, parallel for a CCT, which is the Wyoming Association for Community College Trustees, that looks across those colleges. Uh, and then making sure that at the, at the state level, the commission that uh, I work for, they're very clear on the priorities. The funding mechanism does happen through, um, through the, our commission, mm -hmm. and we are required to put that into um, our, our requests. So our budget requests, the general appropriations, come through the, come through the commission for the colleges and is administered that way. So um, I think it is being very clear that all of this matters. But I have to tell you, this funding issue is a very tough one. I mean, our colleges are being asked to do more than ever before. No doubt, when we talk about being the intersection, housing of the commission, delivering on um, the, the students and the challenges that they face, the uh, changing population base, and then having to do that with sometimes a flat budget, which we all know a flat budget is actually a decreasing budget. It is. A flat budget is a decreasing budget. And then when we have um, our funding mechanism also tied to enrollment, then we have challenges ar uh, around how we do that. So I think being very clear on the priorities and making sure that at the different uh, roles that we play, that we are sending forward a consistent me um, message. And that is supporting the community colleges is supporting that state. So I would say that, you know, again, we, have, we don't have local boards, we have a state board, state uh, management board system. Um, the power of it is that you can drive policy and efficiency, right? So our state management board is looking at adult basic education at scale, looking at back office operations and efficiencies at scale. They're able to make that happen. And certainly they have a powerful voice when it comes to talking with the legislators and the governor. You started the comment, Joe, by making the point that students who are the least served or who are underserved take more resources to serve them. And I do think, I, I certainly agree with you that the finance and affordability question is a tough one. Uh, I don't think the expectation is that the states are going to reset to where we were pre-recession in many, in many places. So yes, I do think there's important power in the management boards to articulate the need, to articulate the value, to think about efficiencies and effectiveness and ROI in ways that are important. 
But I also think it's on us to think about how do we position ourselves in a way where students can afford to uh, come to our institutions? How do we think about a financing model uh, in a world where our business model really will have to change because the state commitment will not be there. Louisiana in the last 10 years has gone from 70% state support to um, and 30% families just to just the opposite. And I think it's 60-40 for our community colleges. So we've been the poster child for doing more with less, second largest disinvestment in higher education in the nation. And yet, we know that this knowledge economy requires everyone to have a credential beyond high school. And so when that is the assumption and we believe that that is accurate, how do we finance that? And how do we think about articulating that in a way that we are sensitive to the affordability issues? And we recognize the financing challenges. So these are the things that I think we will have to rally around and board members will have to wrestle with at scale to really think about how do we move the needle on these things. So I think board members often recognize, but policymakers not always so, that is our elected officials, that at the same time we're being asked to keep things affordable, we're also being asked to provide a higher level of service. That is, we want to keep costs down, but we want to graduate more high-need students, more students who are not needy, not needy just financially, but academically and in so many other ways. All of those things would suggest that we need to be spending more money, not less, That's right. and that our outcomes uh, ought to be judged um, uh, a little bit more fairly. But really, if what we're being asked to do is do more with less, I mean, at some point, we just get to a point of diminishing returns. We can't continue to graduate more high-need students with fewer and fewer dollars per student, and at the same time, see the students who are the full-pay students who are academically ready increasingly choosing to segregate themselves and go to the more elite institutions with greater resources. That seems to me the real challenge of our future. It's not who's governing our institutions, but how we are resourcing our institutions and what our expectations of those institutions may be. I think we need to wrap up here, but any final comments? Those were mine. So I would say, just to, to follow up on that, that's why I think the business engagement is critical, right? To try to make sure that we're thinking about how do we partner to make sure that more uh, companies have an opportunity to upskill their workers or reskill them as a part of the community college partnership. Community colleges do that well. Uh, thinking about this idea of public benefits, you know, Delgado uh, Community College in Louisiana will be piloting with single stop this idea of, of really braiding every federal, state, and local resource around students who are food insecure, housing insecure. So how do we think about harnessing TANF and SNAP, SNAP, ENT, child tax credits, all of those things to move it forward? So yes, I think the state resources are inadequate. But the bottom line is people still need to come to us so that they can get that credential, that life-changing credential. So it is on us collectively to think about what are the solutions and how do we get there. And so I appreciate that all of you in the room are putting your best thinking into this work each and every day because you know that failure is not an option for us. We have to get there because our states and our communities and our families are counting on us to get this done. So I think we have to um, make sure that we have a strong message around the value proposition for higher education in the community colleges and what they do. And I think it's very important for us to recognize it takes all of us. This is a big ship. This is a lot of work. 
and, uh, and it's going to take us not thinking in silos and not thinking about any uh, competitiveness. It's going to take all of us, and I think that is a, a very important message. While we play a different role in the different work that we do, um, having the, a, a uniformity along, or not necessarily uniformity, but it, making sure that we are communicating that this work is what we are all doing. And I think um, one of the things is that we always have to keep front and center, uh, like what Kim said, is we have to remember why we do this. We have to continue to share that over and over. While we have outcomes and metrics and all kinds of, of things that help us monitor what matters, That's right. barring Martha Cantor's words today, um, we are in the life-changing during building business. And, and we can't ever forget that. It's about the names. It's about the faces. Uh, it's about all of your communities. Um, it is in putting an end to generational poverty. It is providing hope for long-term generational change and wealth. It's, um, it's creating a, a new hope for tomorrow for people who find themselves in a crossroads in life. And that doesn't happen in a linear pattern. I think you all know that. And so I think when we talk about that and we recognize what uh, th this, this different work that we do, messaging that value proposition is really critical because at the end of the day, our state economic vitality into the future is dependent on this work. And there's no, no doubt about it that the across all of our states, that can-do attitude that our community colleges provide yeah. is what makes, what makes our, our country a strong country that it is. Thank you. I want to thank my colleagues here, but mostly I want to thank all of you for taking the time. I know you're not paid tremendous amounts of money to be here, <laughs> um, but you care about the mission of our institutions. More importantly, you care about the future of the students that we serve at those institutions because they, you know that, they, that what we do improves not just those individuals' lives, but their families, their communities, our country, and in fact, our very democracy. Yeah. The fact that we can educate more students, students who with an ad, without an education would have very limited opportunities. What we do is about more than creating opportunities, it is about changing lives, and I want to thank all of you for your role in making that possible. Thank you very much. This has been part two of a two-part episode. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified when we release the next episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.